They are guides, all guides, and in unexpected places. You'll meet their friendly faces, and a ready hand besides. There's not much danger of finding you're a stranger for a commissioner or ranger. They are guides, all guides. Hi, and welcome to Guides Own, the unofficial girl guiding podcast where we talk everything guiding. I'm Taryn. And I'm Marissa. Since Monday is the unofficial start of summer here, it is Victoria Day, um, we decided to make this week's episode all about camping. We'll be talking about the camping experiences we've had, as well as the type of camp skills that girls learn through the guiding program. And what camping adventure is complete without a good campfire story? We share the inside scoop on American children's author Judith Biorst and how Girl Girl Scouts inspired her to tell stories. And lastly, we round off the night with a fun, fun song for Campfire, the bear song, or also known as I Met a Bear. Yes, that is another song that has multiple titles and everyone sort of knows it differently. But this week's a good one because I was able to find a lot of information on it. So, Ooh. yes, so it's exciting when you find very interesting. Yes, um, and it's a song that I learned at camp. So, I mean, what better place to start off than with talking about our camping experiences? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know about you, but I remember going to sleepaway camps from the time I was in Sparks. Um, and getting out and doing fun stuff and learning new and fun things. Um, and I remember vividly Sunday mornings having everybody try and pack up their sleeping bags and everything on time to get ready for when parents arrived. Um, and for years, I went to camp out in Oshawa. And I'd have to drive out. It's a good, like, 45 minutes home from the camp we were we did in Oshawa. So, like, a decent drive. Um, and we always had to stop for a buffet brunch on Sunday because I was so hungry not because you know I wasn't fed at camp because lord knows there's always more food than you know what to do with at girl guy camp no kid is ever going hungry at camp but oh I guess it was all the fun new things I was doing yep I definitely have camping like in my blood so even before I was born my parents went camping they both went camping with their families when they were young so of course like as soon as my parents met they went camping um I probably my mom was probably pregnant when she went camping so I was technically like there but not born yet like it's a long family tradition um so I think that's like the first time I went camping it wasn't with girl guides it was with family um but that sort of set me up nicely for guiding because then I had an idea of what to expect mm-hmm. and I mean with my family we camped in a tent trailer which I mean isn't that far off from a tent um mostly because this tent trailer is very old um it's a 1984 Bon Air we still have it in the garage um (laughs) if you set it up it would probably be be okay um I know we had leaks a little bit of a leak last time just because we had heavy rain but you know it's still kicking it's still there um and yeah we camped in that it was basically just two sides with the mattresses that pulled out and just like thin foam mattresses and it had a little mini fridge and all and like very simple stuff but we never used like it technically had a gas stove but we never hooked it up to gas um had a sink but we never hooked it up to water and so we only just used the fridge which was connected to the propane tank 
on the front end of the trailer. Mm-hmm. So it was just a convenience. We had an extra cooler. Yeah. So yeah, that's how I learned to camp initially. And then when I was in, I don't think when I was in Sparks, I did any camping. I think we did a sleepover or two. My memory is really vague with Sparks. Um, brownies, I do remember. And I have a picture of camping at a sleepover and remember sort of some of the girls who were there with me. Um, also remember doing cabin camping with brownies. Um, that was pretty cool. And I think it was a, it was either a district or an area camp. Pretty sure it was a district camp. And I remember there being older girls there and the older girls camped in tents. Um, and then we were in the cabins as brownies. And I remember our leaders were pretty cool as brownies and, um, they would tell us stories and we were in these bunks that had all these writing on it. It must've been like a local community camp with cabins. I don't remember where, but it had all these stories or like names and phrases written on the bunk beds. And of course as like seven and eight year olds were reading them and we're like making up stories as we read them. And our leaders at one point, like, was we're playing along with it and like we went out into the woods at one point and like they tried to like kind of spook us a little bit but not like seriously it was yeah. sort of just like like fun thing um so that's like my very earliest more camping style experience with guiding mm-hmm. um and then like since then of course done tons of camping yeah all sorts yeah i uh my older brother is 10 years older than me and when he was a kid, like probably five or six, um, he and my parents went camping and my brother had the stomach flu and was sick all over the tent and sleeping bags and turned my parents off camping. So they, like a lot of things in my life, I wasn't allowed to do it because oh, no. it for me. Um, but like, I also totally don't blame them after, like, I think... They were living in Vancouver at the time, so I think they had, like, gone down to Washington State for, like, a family vacation and now have this super sick kid and, Uh. yeah, it did not sound like a fun weekend. Um, so I don't really blame them that they didn't take me tent camping. Um, but they definitely made sure that, like, through guiding I got my fill of it. They sent me to, um, our area camp, um outside of Barrie um a bunch as a kid um and we slept in like the old canvas tents on the wooden platforms um and then up to Dole Lake Girl Guide Camp up in Sprucedale a whole bunch growing up and that's where I started doing canoe trips um and, oh nice yeah so I started doing canoe trips when I was like 11 12 and I've done one pretty much every summer since um, so definitely got a few canoe trips under my belt. Um, and yeah, so camping has turned from, you know, that thing you do on a weekend in a cabin or like intense with <laughs> girls to like week long. I've done, you know, 20 odd day canoe trips. Um, so definitely grew up camping, definitely gained a lot of, you know, confidence and skills. Um, and then um, on the other side, I've, I worked at Doe Lake for a couple of summers as a leader. Um, and as we've talked about a couple times, uh, I participated in Guiding Mosaic when it was in Guelph and I think 2006, it might've been 2008, the first one. 
I can't remember. 2006. What. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was 2006. I will tell you why shortly after you okay. finish. <laughs> um, and then a couple years after that, in 2010, um, I went to Peak, which is a Jamboree-style camp um, not too far from Manchester. Um, and I helped run a whole bunch of programs and activities that um, as a leader volunteer. Yeah, those are awesome experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I so long to have, I wish I could have had more of those like provincial camps because the girls I went on the trip with and the leader who are from BC, they have their SOAR like every, I don't even know how many years it is. I think it's every couple years. Yeah, every But every time we talked about it, I was like, I want to go so badly. Like, that would be so cool. But I, I, I wish I had gone when I was a teenager. Like, I never worked at a summer camp, and I sort of wish I had that experience because a lot of my friends talk about it, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't have that. Like, I went to summer camp, though. So I went um, to Girl Guide Camp um, Kiwaden, which was down on um, – oh, gosh. I feel so bad not knowing the lake. I should have looked this up beforehand. Um, I think it's Lake Huron. I'm pretty sure it's Lake Huron. Um, it's no longer in existence. Of course, they sold it. Um, but – it was a great camp for the two years that I got to go. So the first time I went was in 2005 and I was a second year guide coming, coming out of second year and the camp was like spa themed and it was a like seven day camp. Um, And it was the first time I was going away by myself for a week long camp. Like I'd never done summer camp before. Um, So I was really nervous and I think I'll include this. This is a little TMI. If you want, you can skip ahead for 15 seconds or something. But this was the first time I had my period. Oh, no. So um, I was very anxious. I was super anxious to go because I was like, I've only just learned about this. I only just know what to do. Like, yeah. I was super anxious. And, I'm, of course, I, t- I took the bus there. So I was, like, on my own in that sense. Like, some girls got to be dropped off if they live mm-hmm. close enough. But I took the bus. And so, like, I was speaking for myself, right? I, I had to tell the leaders, like, about it. And I was super nervous about it because I was a shy kid at that point. And, yeah. Um, yeah, but it it turned out really well. And, like, I had the time of my life. I met really great friends. Um, I remember so well, like, all that happened. And, again, we got to sleep on those um, canvas tents with the platforms. Um, that was an experience. They're actually pretty cool. They're nice and, well, from, I can remember they're roomy, but, like, I was a girl, so maybe they're not as roomy as I'm imagining. But they're definitely better than <laughs> other things I've yeah. camped in. Um, but, yeah, Camp Keywaden was fun. There was a beach that you could go to, um, and I was always active. I mean, it didn't have all the cool, like, water things that Doe Lake has, but it was pretty awesome. Um, then in the next following year, the 2006, I went again and as a third year Pathfinder. And I actually met some of the girls from the previous year. I like recognized them and remembered them. And nice. it wasn't planned. Like we hadn't kept in touch and been like, we're going this week. I just decided to go mm-hmm. the one week. And um, it was awesome. I met some people that I met before and it was really cool because some of the girls came from the same area. So like that week had sort of been dedicated to like the Kitchener Waterloo area, that community or whatever. So I mean, you didn't have to go and you didn't have to go that week. If you're part of that community, you could go whenever, but Mm -hmm. like a lot of people did. Um, I think it was to do with like when the buses left from, I think that's how it worked out. Okay. Anyway, it was a great camp. And that year mosaic was going on in Guelph Lake. So we took a day trip um, from 
queuing to Guelph. It wasn't too bad of a ride, but um, we got to tour around, like do a craft, have lunch. Um, I'm trying to remember what else. The most, the biggest thing I can remember is that it was raining that day. And of course, I think that year it was known to have been a little rainy, Um, but it was was cool to see. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I'm remembering pretty well then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it was good. Like I, when I I remember going there and thinking like, oh, I wish I could have gone to this. Like, this seems really cool. Like Mm -hmm. all these people together. But I think I was too young. And I mean, at the time I was coming from a guide unit with one other girl in it. So like we weren't going to go as a unit. It wasn't going to happen. And we weren't really in touch with any other units. So um, but luckily enough, I got to go to Mosaic in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember near the beginning, it was also a bit rainy, um, but it was a good camp. Um, got to do a lot of things. I was pretty, I lucked out on the activities I got to um, do. You got to sign up for a certain amount and then they would mm-hmm. just basically give you what they could, um, depending on what you chose. And I got to go scuba diving. So we went nice. to a local pool we got to do it in a pool, which like once in a lifetime opportunity, I haven't done it again because it's like t- usually so expensive to mm-hmm. do, but um, unique got to go to Niagara Falls. I've never gone to Niagara Falls before. Um, met a lot of good friends. We camped beside a group from Alberta and yeah, it was all really fun. I remember having a really good time there. Um, and same with Kuwaitin. Kuwaitin was great. Well, <laughs> well, it lasted while it existed and mm-hmm. I just wish more girls got to have that experience of going to summer camp, especially girl guide summer camp, right? Because it's all girls and, you know, yeah. it's it's fun. I mean, we would make jokes about, like, you know, we were deprived of the boys, but, <laughs> I mean, it was it was good. It was a good week. Yeah. Um, I definitely remember, especially when I was staff at Doe, um, our maintenance crew were local boys. Um, so that was always fun. <laughs> Yeah. you know, however many uh, female staff in, like, their late teens, early 20s, and these, like, three super hot maintenance guys wandering around all the time. Um, but we also, one of the cool things about Doe is that um, during the summer, they offer swimming lessons to the community. So we have community kids um, and family come in all the time. So it was, like... Yeah, sure, it was an all-girls camp, but we definitely had um, boys taking swimming lessons, like, little boys taking swimming lessons, and sometimes their dads would come. So it wasn't completely isolated, but yeah, it was definitely a fun experience getting to camp as a girl and not have to worry about, you know, making sure your hair and makeup's all done and perfect and everything (laughs) uh, to impress the boys. Yeah, I don't know about the lake, but I know at Kuwait there were no showers. Like, we just did not shower. However, like, every day we could, we did go to the pool, like, the local pool. Because mm-hmm. um, we weren't allowed to swim in the, um, in the I was going to say the ocean, in the lake. We couldn't swim in the lake because there were no lifeguards. So, um, but we went to the local pool where there was a lifeguard and we got to swim. So, I mean, you, you technically washed off. <laughs> I always remember it, like, being so gross by the end of the week, and you're like, Ugh. But I do remember one year my mom, like, braided my hair entirely. Like, you know how people went on vacation and came back with braided hair? Like, that style hair looks all braided. I have a picture like that, too. Maybe I'll post that one because I think that one's more accessible. But, yeah, it was – those were fun times, unique experiences. Yeah. Um, definitely had showers at Doe, but we were only allowed shower, like – I think twice a week. 
Um, but we were like in the lake. Yeah. Um, pretty much every day. So it kind of balanced out. But and like I remember our leaders standing or sitting like at the entrance of the comfort station with like a stopwatch. Ah. Because it was before phones. Oh. Because when I was a camper, it was like the early 2000s. So no one had phones. So <laughs> it was like they had like clocks or watches or something. And yeah. like a boom box. Um, and we were only allowed to take five minute showers. Oof. Um, so <laughs> they would stand there and time you and like tell you when you had to turn off the water. So there was enough hot lukewarm water to go around for everybody but yeah definitely remember that um one of the rules on canoe trips we have is that you have to go swimming on the last full day of the Mm -hmm. canoe trip and you have to get your hair wet yeah um which is the closest we can get to showering but like we'll (laughs) pretty much go swimming every day anyways on canoe trips just like you're so sticky and gross after you know all that effort and work in the sun and you want to get like the sunscreen and bug spray off of you and you know just feel a little bit nicer (laughs) there's nothing quite like it right being able to wash off the grime oh i know the showers brings me to a funny story about the trip I took this summer so I've been on two international camping trips um with girl guides um both have been camping so in Iceland the jamboree mm-hmm. um that one we got to bring we got to we had to bring our own tents um there's no one to rent from so we just basically packed up compact tents and like separated the pieces out between our bags um and it worked out pretty well um the one this summer we rented from the scout group that was organizing it and of course, all they had were like these really old school canvas tents that didn't have floors. So nice. they had given us tarps to sort of, but but like, you know, the walls didn't meet and there were bugs in there, which although like to be fair, there were no mosquitoes over there. So I was fine with that. Um, yeah. I get really bad reaction to mosquito bites. So I was like, this is fine with me. Um, but they were really <laughs> difficult to put up. Like it took us a long time to figure it out and the scouts didn't even know how to put them up and we're like, well, <laughs> you guys like rented them for us. So <laughs> like yeah. shouldn't you guys know how to do this? But uh one of the girls in our group figured it out and we were so proud of her for figuring it out. We're like, good, like clearly a girl guide knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. But um yeah at that camp the showers were um they were sort of pulled up. It was like a trailer that they had rented that had like showers in it. And um, same with the bathrooms. It was really cool. You got like flush toilets, but it was like on this trailer. And there was never a lineup for sh- for the bathrooms, which was nice. Um, showers, however, always a line. Of course. There were, I think there were either four or six showers for the girls. Um, and there was hardly ever hot water. I maybe had hot water one time out of the five or six times I showered there and the rest was freezing cold. Um, no one was timing anyone. And um, I, I don't want to like name groups or anything, but there was definitely a group of scouts. Um, the girls in that group um, were known to take long hot showers and use up all the hot water. So we were not happy, but yeah, you sort of just learn to live with it because you're all in the same environment. And at least you're outdoors. You're not indoors. So you can't like smell it as much, but um, 
Yeah, you learn how to survive at camp with as little as you can have. And um, we had also rented, like, our kitchen equipment from them, our dining shelter, like, everything. So, you know, we learned to make do with, like, limited kitchen tool supplies. We learned how to cook on their style of gas stove and how to do dishes without, like, it was a very complicated system. And uh, you had to, like, dump your water in a certain place. And it was such a long walk for us. And it was, like... Is this really like what we have to do? Can we not just strain? Like what we do at camp is we strain off the whatever like bad stuff it like any of the gunk and stuff that's in the water, and then you can dump the gray water because you usually have the biodegradable soap, so it's yeah. like it'll be fine. But they wanted us to carry it all the way back to the wash station, Ooh. which was quite a distance. It was like the other side of the campground. Of course. Um, so I mean, pros pros and cons, but. I mean, overall, it was not horrible. I will say that. But I will say Iceland was probably better. But again, there was only, I remember there only being like maybe four or five showers and there was a lineup. And I basically just remember only going once or twice because you, it wasn't hot in Iceland. Like it was like a spring day. It was usually like anywhere between 14 ish, maybe. 14 to 17 it, w- it never got really warm it was sometimes be a little cooler so like sweat was never too much of an issue for yeah. me um I had cut my hair before I left that's always an issue for me I cut my hair before I left so like even if I did shower like it would be quick so um but they had much nicer like it was a permanent scouting camp so it was a lot nicer to be there but yeah traveling and camping is definitely a unique experience I do recommend it as long as you've done tent camping before I would yeah you would be able to do it. I couldn't imagine, like, a girl who's never been tent camping in Canada going halfway, like, around the world and trying to figure out how to tent camp in a different culture. But... Yeah, it would be hard. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, like, you don't have any of, like, the hurdles of, like, oh, this is how we do it here mm-hmm. um, that, you, that you had to deal with in um, Holland. So... Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you say that too. You bring up the fact that maybe girls who haven't gone tent camping, um, someone in our unit actually had mentioned at our meeting this week that she had never gone. Um, I had already actually knew this, but she said she had never gone tent camping before she came to our unit. So previously she was in living in the Toronto area. And so the unit that she always camped with, they would always rent cabins or go to a place where it was like indoor sleeping. Um, And there's lots of units out there, especially in the Toronto area where it's just easier and cheaper because they either don't have space for equipment. um, Totally understandable. It's like where you store your equipment every time Um, renting equipment can get expensive. So it's almost just easier to rent a cabin and just camp that way. And um, so that's what she knew. Harder in Toronto to find campgrounds that like are a good size and close enough so like true where i took my pathfinders camping when i was a pathfinder leader in markham which is just outside of toronto like it's still 45 minutes away from markham and we are like half an hour away from the city um so you know try and get like out of work get home get the kid packed up in the car um on their way up to camp, like, before the sun goes down so you can set up your tent. Um, <laughs> it, 
it was uh, not an easy feat for our parents. And um, I know it was harder um, for our units uh, closer to the city. Just every little bit, you know, mm-hmm. every 15 minutes, you know, to get home and then to get out to camp adds up. Yeah. Yeah. And traffic too, right? That's right. It's Ooh, such a, yeah. so much harder to get out. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's something you think about too when you're joining a unit. Um, at least some people do. Some people think that it is, especially when you're moving branches, you want to find out like, does this unit camp and what, mm-hmm. what kind of camping do they do? And is it the kind of camping that I want to do? Or would I want to be something more comfortable? Or would I prefer to camp more adventurously? Like lots of things to consider. Yeah. Um, I was pretty easy going about camp, although at that point when I was moving branches from guides to pathfinders, I had done tons of tent camping and I was like, yeah, sure. I'm ready for whatever, whatever there is. So mm-hmm. I was very happy to get into a unit that was all about tent camping. And we even went winter camping. So yeah. I learned how to set up tents in the snow and basically survive without any buildings other than like emergency buildings around I stuck the whole winter weekend out in the snow it was cold it was like minus 20 that weekend um um, we were up at Blue Springs Scout Camp if anyone thinks that sounds familiar um so it was a pretty good camp. They did it sort of round robin style on the Saturday. We all had to make dog sleds out of like whatever wood and rope we had. And we Fun. pulled, we pulled it along and I'm not really sure entirely what the purpose was, but it was like an Olympic team camp. So uh, yeah, my first winter camp experience was full out. It was like, there were no safety nets other than like, if you got hypothermia or, you know, you got sick, like you were not <laughs> going indoors. There just wasn't enough room. So, yeah. And I've done, I mean, tons of stuff in all different kinds of conditions. I put up tents in the dark. I've put up oh, yeah. tents with no poles and had to spread them elsewise. I've put up tents in the pouring rain. Um, that was on the East Coast trip. I remember trying to put up this darn dining shelter that's like it's always old the dining style. shelter. My family actually, my family has the same dining shelter, and we, I don't remember using it since like, I must have been pretty young the last time we had used it, but like, had seen one before, but it, it requires a lot of instruction and doing things a certain way. And, and yeah, it was uh, interesting to try to get teenage girls to try to, to put in a tent up in the pouring rain. It was, yeah, everyone was pretty much soaked by the end of it. But yeah, you know I, what? It was a good trip in the end. So I remember putting up tents in the rain in the dark. Oh yeah, double whammy. <laughs> so bad. Um, we were doing a camp out at African Lion Safari, and there was an accident mm-hmm. on Highway Six. Um, Ooh. for people who don't know the area, um, it's a you know African themed zoo or a reserve type thing. Um, yeah, yeah. off a smaller highway off the main highway. Um, and Highway 6 is like this little two-lane highway. And oh, yeah, so everyone was late. Um, so, you know, we had a few parents who were there with us who took pity and helped us set up tents in the rain. I was <laughs> getting dark because like all the other girls weren't here yet. 
because there was an accident. Um, and it was one that's in Pathfinder. <laughs> so, like, no one knew, really, until, like, they started trickling through. And, like, we heard. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I remember going to African Lion Safari, too. I think I was either brownies or guides. I feel like I was first-year guides. I think it was guides. So, um that was fun. That's a good place to go. Um, I remember going around with my unit on the day during the day and we did so many cool things. Like we took a, we took a group photo in the safari van. I'm pretty sure I have a picture saved somewhere, but I haven't seen it in ages, but yeah, I know exactly where you're talking and I know that highway so well. It's um, the one too that you can, it extends all the way to Kitchener. So you can take it from Kitchener Waterloo to get to Guelph pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that is not a nice highway to get stuck on. You can't get out, basically, until you yeah. get to a side road. Yeah. Um, Fun so, stuff. Yeah. Um, so every good campfire needs a campfire story to go with it. Um, and I feel like Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day um is a pretty good one to go with a campfires nancy reagan helen hayes jan davis jean sauve carrie fisher williams sister shirley temple black tammy duckworth kathy frost candace bergen lucille ball debbie reynolds princess margaret hillary clanton did you know she was a girl guide busting down the door a hundred years or more did you know she was a girl guide here to let you know she was a guy, you know. Did you know she was a girl guy? Here to so let you know she was a guy, you know. Um, who is an author who is an American author born in um 1931 and was raised in the New Jersey area. Um, and she knew she always wanted to be a writer. And it was one of her Girl Scouts leaders who um, definitely made her feel like it was an actual possibility. Um, and the first person to tell her that, like, she could be an author when she grew up. So having, you know, her leader be there and, you know, encourage her from such a young age. Um, she that is absolutely to what, like, a Girl Scout or Girl Guide leader would do, right? That's, like, sort of all about your job when you're in that position is encouraging them to do the things that they want to do. Yeah, and uh, Judith has said that, you know, she was never really into the camping and the outdoorsy side. She was more into, like, the indoor and reading, and her leader definitely encouraged that and pushed her towards, you know, that part of the program um and she was always like very much a person who wrote she said um i like to take all my feelings and thoughts and put them down in different ways on paper um which is super obvious as you go into her collection of 40 books on um, where there's <laughs> 24 children's books Eight adult poetry books and 16 adult books, both fiction and nonfiction. So definitely very good at putting her feelings and thoughts down in different ways, um, covering a huge, um, vast uh, amount of genres. Um, she attended the New York 
uh, college for arts and sciences in the 50s, graduating in 52. And then um, later in life, she returned to school in the late 70s to study Freudian psychology, graduating um, in 1981 with that. So a lifelong learner for sure. Yeah, I was actually surprised to read that she had um, gone back. And I was like, that's, especially for that era, too, I think women at first, maybe when she first went, felt like that it was maybe something that not all women were doing, Mm -hmm. but then must have felt later on that it was something she really wanted to do. And so went back. And that is so commendable, too, because going back to school is hard when you haven't gone for a while. Um, Even like two or three years after down the road, I've thought about it. And I'm like... First of all, it's not worth it for me, just in terms of my education already. It's not that much of a boost. But still, like, even if you were to go back, I know my friend went back and it was difficult for her, right? It, yeah, even just a two-year gap is is a lot. Yeah, I went back to school. So that's great that too. she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, getting back so, into the rhythm, it was hard. Yeah, yeah. And... I'm like you said, the genres are impressive too. Like she wrote for children and adults. So mm-hmm. clearly, you know, she knows what she's doing as an author and there's children's books, but there's also like adult poetry and then there's just adult books and it's, yeah, it's impressive what she's done so far. Um, yeah. And it's noted too, that she just has this ability to portray the young protagonists in her story very realistically. So including all their faults and everything else that comes with that. And mm-hmm. instead of like the paragons of ch- childish virtues that appear in some children's stories, she very much strays from that, which is like very commendable too, because it's very easy to write airy fairy, like characters that you imagine, like you wished you were when you were a child and yeah. so easy to write that way, but it's so much harder to write, you know, the faults in and try to figure out a way to write them into the story so that, you know, kids understand it, right? And understand mm-hmm. and connect. And I think that's actually easier for kids to connect to, um, something that's made more realistic. And, I mean, I've never read any of her books. Maybe I should. I think I was just, like, too late to her books, maybe, for children's books. But um, I know my brother might have read the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Bad Day one. But uh, I'm sure they were great. He made a movie out of it, so it must have been good. Yeah, um, and it got three sequels about other things that have happened to Alexander. Um, (laughs) I think it's really cute that Alexander, of Alexander the Terrible, Horrible, Very, No Good, Very Bad Day, wow, that's a mouthful, it's actually (laughs) about her youngest son, Alexander, who had a hard time keeping up with his old older two brothers and would always get into like trouble and have problems um and she ended up writing about that and I heard a story um about uh her going through it and like read it to Alexander as it was a manuscript about to be you know finalized and published um he was like why is the main character Alexander like I don't, like, why is it about me? I don't want everyone to know about, like, all these bad things that have happened to me. She was like, well, you know, um, it's fine. Like, if you really don't want, like, the little boy's name to be Alexander, like, I can change it. It hasn't been published. But then your name's not on the front of the book. 
Uh, <laughs> and he caved and let it be called Alexander. Um, wow. But, <laughs> uh, she has, on all of her children's books, a theme of um, including her family in them. So she has another book um, the about uh, Barney, um, a cat that's passed away. Um, and it's about, it was inspired by her oldest son asking questions about, you know, what happens when you die and, you know, all that. Um, and then her current series of children's books that she's writing now, or is just recently finished, Lulu, um, is inspired by babysitting her grandkids. So, you know, she's still active, she's still writing, and still using, you know, the kids in her life as inspiration, which is super cute. That is. That is so nice. And the fact that she's able to incorporate stories, like, from her kids. I'm sure that's where you get inspiration to as an author. Um, Even, like, when I write just for pleasure, like, I used to write a blog, and, yeah, it would just be stuff that I pull from my own life, my own experiences, so... It's it's easy enough to do, but hard enough to make it, you know, good enough to the point where you're like, I'm proud of, like, this piece of work. So I can imagine it took her maybe a while to uh, to get them to the point where she was really happy with them. Mm-hmm. But clearly there she's very successful and um, it shows, too, in the things that she's accomplished. Um, let me just bring it up. I had notes and I I missed it. There we go. So um, she was known to as to be a frequent uh, contributor to the New York Times, the Washington Post, and Red Book, mm-hmm. which is an American women's magazine. So she contributed to other places as well. Yeah. And um, when asked by World Literature Review contributor Sarah Ann Beach um, to name her greatest accomplishment as a children's book author. Um, the author responded that if I could pick one reason why I want to be a writer, it would be connection. In all kinds of ways, I like to be individual and distinct. But when I write, I want to be writing about things that connect me to the people for whom I write. To the extent that I can do that, I feel very satisfied that I've achieved what I want to achieve. From the letters that I get from the kids, I feel that I have achieved that with my children's books. So clearly, very satisfied and also very well accomplished. Um, I like the fact that she wasn't published until she was in her 30s. So it just shows that, you know, it's not easy to be a writer, but if you're committed and you're dedicated and you want to be successful, you can do it if you just keep pushing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's probably what her guide, her scout leader, sorry, said. I always guide scout. (laughs) So, yeah, kind of nice to see that she was accomplished eventually, but, you know, takes hard work and dedication. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing that I love is that she is now 88 and still publishing. Um, she's been publishing a series of po- uh, book anthology, or poem anthology, sorry, for the last, like, 60, almost 70 years um, about Ooh. every decade of a person's life, so... Um, there's one for, like, being 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, and her um, newest one is 
about almost or about um, turning 90 and having, you know, that looming towards you. Um, mm. But just super fun and cute. And I listened to an interview where she read one of her poems and they're really good. I'm like, I'm not a huge um, po- uh, poetry fan. So yeah, she's still very, yeah, she still that has... says something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, That's very cool. my notes. Um, there's, so <laughs> she's uh, just finishing up a press circuit for that. Um, So there's a ton of really fun interviews um, and reflections on who she was and who she is um, with that being, you know, writing um, poetry books in your 80s. Yeah. Clearly she's still with it, right? And she can do what she's been doing for years and years and years and... I will definitely have to check out that one on decades. I I do read a little bit of poetry. I would not say I'm a poetry lover, but I find some authors are really good in like capturing feelings without me trying to to decipher it. (laughs) So I might check check that out. That sounds really cool. Um, the first one. So that's twenties is called "When Did I Stop Being Twenty and Other Injustices." Um, so ah. you definitely see <laughs> yeah. a little wink and like her sense of humor coming through the title and um, def- she definitely has a brilliant sense of humor. I listened to an interview with her and was cracking up laughing. <laughs> ah, that is so good. And it leads us perfectly into the campfire because songs are a form of poetry and poetry has been made into songs as we've discovered through our campfire songs. And this week we are singing the bear song. Well, we aren't, we are listening to it, but here it is. The other day, the other day, I met a bear, I met a bear, a way up there, a way up there, a great big bear, a great big bear. Me. I sized up him. I sized up him. He looked at me. I looked at him. He sized up me. I sized up him. Yeah. So the bear song, as we mentioned last week, it has a very similar tune to the Princess Pat. Um, the writers actually had written it in 1919, so the music was composed by Carrie Morgan and Lee David. And it was written to accompany lyrics for sipping cider through a straw. Yeah, it is a (laughs) lot, lot older than I thought it was. I don't know why I thought it was younger than that, but um, clearly very old. Um, And it also shares a similar tune to The Littlest Worm, which I'm not sure if I know. I know the Herman the Worm song, but that's not the same song. Um, But it is a very well-known scout and guide song that is actually sung pretty much all over the world from what I saw. So people know it all over. I saw it. People know in Australia and the U S of course, and it's actually also been translated to Japanese. Um, And in Japanese, the song is known as Mori no Kumasan and the lyrics are written by Yoshihiro Baba. 
Um, so very cool. Like it's all the way in Japan too, and they sing the same thing. So I think it's an easy fun song. Mm-hmm. So easy to translate, likely. And there are also several renditions of the song. So it was one of the songs that was sung by Barney in the 1990s children video campfire sing-along um i remember watching a little bit of barney um i was sort of it was sort of phasing out as i was like at that age so i saw old i would watch two old vhs tapes and um yeah i liked barney some people like just have controversial opinions about barney but i, I don't know i enjoyed it at that age um the tune was also used appropriate songs about barney yes oh yeah, yeah we all know that one <laughs> <laughs> um it was also done by the Bare Naked Ladies, which are a Canadian band, um, and they put it onto an album that they called For the Kids 3, um, and they did it in 2007. I had a listen because I had to. It's the Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah. And it was quite enjoyable, right? It's like it's the Bare Naked Ladies. It's upbeat. It's like funny and goofy and silly, so it was a great song. Um, I find that the Bare Naked Ladies are, are very easy to listen to, especially as a kid. Like I remember learning the song about um, if I had a million dollars, and like that was just such a fun song to listen to when I was like five or six. Like yep, you don't I really need to understand to the words all the time. It was almost my first dance until my husband vetoed it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't realize that the Bare Naked Ladies had done a version of um i met a bear i'm going to have to go find that and check it out you will it's really good i recommend everyone just search it and if you have never heard of the bare naked ladies and you're canadian that's a travesty you should go do a long listen to them right now um yeah and if you're not canadian i'll let you off the hook um but you should still listen to them because they're really good oh definitely they uh are some of my favorite songs are bare naked lady songs by far yeah so um the other thing i'll say about the song is that it is of course a echo or a repeat after me song Mm -hmm. so um each verse is sung by the leader of the song and then is repeated by the group and then that entire section of the verse is sung together all together again and quicker um, which you can clearly hear by the sample that we gave you at the beginning. But um, it's a fun song. I love, I always love the story. I do remember learning it, um, coincidentally, at Kiwaden. Um, one of the girls who attended both of the camps with me um, was very into camp songs. Her her mother, of course, was a guider. Like, but those are the girls that sing the camp songs. So she was always willing to lead all the songs to and from the pool on the bus. Um, the bus ride was probably a good, like, 15-minute bus ride. So always singing camp songs. And we sung everywhere else, too. And that was one of the songs she taught was the bear one. And I have left it ever since. It's hard not to get stuck in your head. Yes definitely one that i've been humming to myself all week again it feels like every campfire song we do it's just stuck in my head for the whole week (laughs) it's good it's a it's a good reason to have them stuck in your head why not i uh i love it and girls pretty much everywhere i love it too it's um i think it's definitely a favorite and i mean with the lyrics it's you know very fun and easy to sing as you said uh yeah so that's it for this episode of guide zone uh, we hope you enjoyed all the campfire 
and camping talk. It was certainly a fun one to do. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and we'll definitely have to come back around. We got so carried away talking about camp and all (laughs) of our camping experiences and fun times. We never actually talked about any of the camp skills we've learned over the years. So we'll definitely uh, make sure that goes back in our pot of future topics. And we will talk about camp skills one day if we don't get distracted by everything else guiding first. You'll have a reason to stay tuned to keep listening if you're, yeah. like, on the edge of your seat and you want to know what the camp skills are, because uh, there's some good ones in there, and if you're even if you're not a camper, it's um, there's some skills that you can learn, mm-hmm. even just in life. Yeah. So, just a reminder, then, to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so that you can know when that episode comes out. Um, we're, of course, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, all the podcast platforms, wherever you find us. Um, and just make sure you give us a five-star rating and review just to let us know that you're listening and you enjoy what we're saying. I occasionally get, like, the text message from friends saying they enjoy it or an email, but if you're able to give us a review, that really helps us because it lets other people know that the podcast exists and that they see it's popular. So one way to get more people listening to it. And yeah. you can also follow us on social media. We're at Guides Own on Twitter and Instagram. Um, keep up to date on the newest episodes, any podcast news, some behind the scenes bits, which again, I'm still behind on. But, you know, it's a chaotic world right now. It nothing you, you can't depend on everything so you know i'm gonna get on it but <laughs> just be fair with us we uh we're working hard yeah um everyone's you know a little burnt out with all of the other craziness going on in the world right now it's uh totally fine to be behind on one or two things <laughs> um and always we wish you our listeners good guiding day is done gone the sun From the lake, from the hills, from the sky, all is well, safely rest, peace is nigh.